and welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. Today we are talking with Noelle. And for those of you who um, started listening to us when we first began, we'll remember Noelle from several of our um, beginning episodes for the first year, the first year and a half. Or those of you who have joined us later on and, you know, started listening to our earlier episodes. (laughs) Right. Um, But uh, Noelle hasn't been recording with us for a while, but she hasn't left Coffee and Catholics either. She's still been in the background. Um, as a prayer warrior, as somebody who helps us hash out topics and things. And um, we thought that some of you would like to know where she went (laughs) and and, um, what she's been up to and maybe some background on her, like when we did our interviews at the beginning of the year with the four of us. So, hi, Noelle. Hi. It's good to be back. Um, I will say that they, I had to be removed from Coffee and Catholics when they discovered that I don't like coffee. Um, <laughs> just kidding. So she's the only one drinking coffee right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't like it. I need it. Um, but it can't taste like coffee. It has to have a lot of other stuff in it to minimize as much of the coffee flavor as possible. Um, yeah, yeah but it's, it's good to be back. It's just been crazy in my life right now. We've had um, just a couple losses in our family and we've had um busy busy work schedules my husband took a new job and we just have gotten so busy that i had to take a step back um but they didn't kick me out of the friend group i get to pray with everybody and chat and vent and it's been good to still be in touch so so what has the lord been doing in your life lately noelle oh my goodness what a coincidence that you asked me this question because I just answered it for somebody else this morning. <laughs> so I've already practiced. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we, okay, this is going to be a longer story, but we got two dogs recently that I, I'm not a dog person. My husband's not a dog person, but they, they just felt like an answer to prayer. We were all becoming couch potatoes and we wanted to teach our kids responsibility. And these just kind of fell into our lap, these two dogs. Um, so they're sweet, but they are, in their terrible twos as an animal. We skipped over baby stage and adult and we're in terrible twos. Um, and the other day I was walking them and they saw a bunny rabbit. They lost their darn minds and reared back, charged forward and dragged me straight flat on my belly and off the curb into the street. And, um, and I was all scraped up and I was super mad. One of them got out of the harness and ran away. The other one I angrily took back to the house and then had to go back out and find the other one. And I was tempted to just let her go. <laughs> I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, see ya. <laughs> like, you know? And um, it's like when your kid threatens to run away after you tell them to do something and you're like, see ya, you know? <laughs> um, but so the dog came back easily. It was fine. But I was all scraped up and bruised. Um, and... I called the trainer and I said, what can I do to get these dogs not to flip out? And he gave me some advice. But one thing that he said was, why didn't you let go? Um, And when he said that, you know how sometimes something jumps at you that has a spiritual meaning. Mm -hmm. It just feels like this is 
God is speaking to me right now through this trainer. I don't even know if he believes in God. Um, but he was like, why didn't you let go? It was causing you pain. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my life right now. Why am I not letting go of these things that are causing me pain? And just um, whether it's a situation with family members or whatever. And so I was praying about that a lot this last week. And I, I looked up the phrase, let go, let God. And there's no like scriptural origin or Catholic theology origin of that phrase. Sometimes suspicious of it. <laughs> and, um, and I'm praying like, God, what are you telling me? What are you telling me to let go? And what came to mind was this image of, you know, when Peter is falling into the ocean and Jesus pulls him out, if, if Peter lets go of Jesus, he's going to drown. Um, but I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. If you're telling me to let go, what? but then hold on to you. Like, what? how does this make sense to me? And I realized just through this prayer, as it's being revealed to me slowly through this prayer, it's like, it's, this is not a transactional thing. Like I'm letting go of these problems and you're giving me something. Like I'm giving you all my problems. You're giving me peace and joy. It's what I'm actually doing is I'm letting go of Jesus when I'm holding on to these other things mm-hmm. so tight. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I were to cling to him, it's almost like this, he's absorbing all of my issues <laughs> and I'm absorbing him. Um, so that's what I nice. have been reflecting on. I immediately went and signed up for a holy hour because we had one and then we got really busy and we said, well, we'll just go when we're free and then we never went. So I signed up for a holy hour. And so that's kind of, yeah, like where I'm at with all the all the things, all the challenges that we've had in our family and myself personally with with loss and, and things like that, um, it's just holding on to God, let him just absorb and soak all my issues in while I am like, please, I need your peace and I need I need healing. So that's that's my long story about how our dogs have saved my spiritual life. <laughs> our dog trainer. Our dog trainer evangelized me. <laughs> I had this profound interior realization when he said those words. I should. I should. His name is Saul. That's beautiful. The scale fell from your yes. eyes. <laughs> and from my kneecaps. <laughs> I definitely know. Let's see the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. So when we did the interviews of the rest of us, we talked a little bit more about, like, our background and, like, you know, what brought us to where we are now. So, uh, Noelle, tell us a bit about your life. (laughs) So it all began um, dark and stormy night. (laughs) Um, So I, I had a pretty profound conversion in my teen years where we grew up Catholic, but it wasn't, it was off and on a, a priority in our family life, but it wasn't consistent. And, um, when I was a teen, I, we slept in, we didn't go to mass really. Um, but then my mom heard about a retreat. I went to this retreat. I, at the time I'd been struggling with, um, depression and anxiety and self-harm and suicidal thoughts. And, when I went to this retreat, I really heard about the emotional suffering of Jesus where I could connect with it. I, I had never heard about the physical suffering of Jesus either. I guess in my mind, I kind of thought like, well, Jesus is God. He didn't feel the fullness of that pain because he was God. Um, 
but then hearing the speaker talk about, yeah, he fell flat on his face. He had to carry this heavy cross. He wore a crown of thorns, was stripped of his clothes. Um, all of these things that brought such detail to the passion of Christ that I had never heard before. But then also the emotional and suffering to be abandoned by friends, to be betrayed, to be lonely, um, to be wanting his mom. You know, I mean, just all those things hit me in a powerful way to where I was like, Jesus knows my pain and what I'm going through. And he cares about it so much that he took it on himself. And so if he's willing to take on this pain and, and all the way to the cross, but then to resurrection, then there's a purpose for what I'm going through, but there's even greater than that, there's a purpose for my life. Um, so that was where my conversion happened. And then I started getting involved in youth group, in church music, um, playing for mass. I played piano and sang and um, one thing led to another basically. And people started asking me about my conversion and about going through the struggle of self-harm. And at the time, so this was years ago where the church did not want to talk about mental health or suicide or mm -hmm. self-harm because that was so dark. Like we're, Jesus loves you. That's what we want to talk about. And I, and I kept fighting that because I was like, I know how it transformed my life. The people are suffering and they feel like they can't bring their suffering to the church because you're not going to walk them through this. You, you just want them to pray more, you know, <laughs> like, um, and so that was really hard. And what's crazy is within the last few years, as the church has kind of transformed and saying, wait a second, there's a big problem in our culture and we need to be more present pastorally that all of a sudden that's my most requested thing. So initially they told me I can't talk about it at all. And now they're telling me, please come and, and talk about, you know, pastoral, you know, walking, pastorally walking people through um, mental health struggles, depression, suicide. Um, and so, yeah, then I just, I started working for the church uh, in ministry and youth ministry, then evangelization, music, and now um, for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City and uh, that's my whole ministry background. And then my husband and I, we have six kids and two in heaven from miscarriages. And we just uh, really have been trying to focus on what is God calling us to on the day to day and how that looks in our family changes day to day. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like, yeah. Is that, is that good on my background? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I feel like, too, just thinking about um, in my own faith journey and, and working for the church, it's tempting to think like your growth in faith is done, like you're working for the church. That's it. Um, but I went back and I got my master's um, in theological studies a few years ago. Newman University was super flexible with me because I had my fifth child during that time period, and they let me not withdraw from, from class. They let me turn things in late. They let me catch up on the work. Yes, everywhere. Oh, that's everywhere. my other my yeah. other or passion. Uh, mental health struggles, pastorally walking people through that spiritually. Um, but then the other thing is um, being a mom and being supported wherever you're at in being a mom, whether that's your employment, your education, your school, your family. But I just mean can. In our society where we have all this technology and we have all this money and resources at institutionally, why do we still 
make women feel like they have to reject their motherhood right. to well, be productive yeah. citizens of society. John Paul mm-hmm. II talked about that. He said this yeah. is a grave sin that we're doing, is that we're making it so difficult for them that women are having to choose between this interior guidance of their home and doing their job, and that's not right. That's an evil. I mean, John mm-hmm. Paul II talked about that. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, quoting him. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. I've had... Um, working moms talk about how it's a real struggle even like listening to podcasts like ours you know get they say there's really good content but then they get to how everybody should be home like everybody's home with their kids and that and then there's that disconnect yeah i mean i and this is an awesome app i'm gonna plug it but it's called beauty unnoticed and it may be very triggering um for anybody who's suffered miscarriage or child loss of any kind um but daniel rose who's a phenomenal Catholic singer and woman in general, um, put together this app to specifically minister to grieving parents. And there is, in sharing her story, she talks about how she surrendered her ministry or music ministries to be a mom. And there are so many things that we surrender to be moms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all, and I was feeling guilty, like, oh, it, am I, how do I surrender more, you know, and, and, and to be this mom that's very present to my kids and not, and as I was praying about this, the Lord really showed me like, you are surrendering a lot of things right now that your heart is, is trying to prioritize your marriage and family, but you also have to work. And there's a surrender there of, I trust that my husband who is home with my kids more than I am at this point in our lives he is taking care of them. He is helping to raise them. And this time with him is going to be invaluable mm-hmm. because if his business, he's trying to start a business and if the business takes off and he's having to put all this attention to that, um, he will be more limited in the time that he can mm-hmm. spend with his mm-hmm. kids, you know, with our kids. So um, I'm just, I, I, I'm really just praying like, Lord, I will do whatever you want me to do. I'll be wherever you want me to be. Um, but you know, the desires of my heart and I feel like the desire of my heart at this point in my life, which I never thought before because I like to be running, 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 running all the time, has started to settle. Mm-hmm. This part of my heart has started to settle and the compass has been like, hey, um, you know, this time that you do have with your kids, really honor that time. Um, even if right now you're also working, honor this time with them. And so, yeah, I mean, it is a huge trust um, and surrender that I'm not in control. I mean, that's what we're talking about, letting go. I'm not in control of every moment of my kids' lives. And yet, I know that God has a plan for, for them and for me. You know? So those are, my, those are my big things. If you want me to go off on a long tangent, talk, let's talk about mental health in the church and uh, being working mothers <laughs> or mothers in ministry, even just in general, we need to see the witness of mothers with their children. Um, there's been some places that I've been invited to speak where they, I've had a nursing baby and they have said to my face, that baby cannot be seen at all when you are doing your talk or when you're on, so to speak. I had to hire a nanny. And I was thinking, like, what kind of witness are we sharing to girls, you know? They need to see that you live your ministry through your vocation and with your kids. And you don't forsake your talents and things like that. Like, God gives you opportunities to use them. 
maybe, you know, not full time, maybe it's lesser time, but you still get that chance. Danielle Rose in her album recorded during nap time, Mm -hmm. you know, developed this whole app and she's home and she says, you know, she surrendered her ministry and she was able to do this beautiful ministry during nap time. You know, God doesn't give you talent and say, you know, don't ever use it. So... Well, you mentioned just now um, about being invited to speak. I'm not sure you've you talked about that you have your own speaking ministry. Also, you go around the country speaking. Um, what are some of the topics that you present at some of these events? Yeah, um, probably I would say the biggest thing I get asked to talk about is God and suffering. And then now lately it's also been identity. Um, and I don't get into a lot of these specific crises of identity, like gender ideology and things like that. I don't, but I talk about um, how important it is to know that we are body and soul and that what we do with our body matters and what we do with our soul matters. Um, And it's so, so important that Jesus redeemed the body on the cross. Um, So I talk a lot about that. Um, And then sometimes just talking about um, parenthood um, at women's conferences, I've talked about, um, being a mom and that crucial aspect that God chose you to be the mom of these specific kids Mm -hmm. that are in your care. You are the only person in the whole world that can parent these specific kids. And I have to remind myself of that because, oh, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm like, Oh, Lord, I'm doing the best I can. Like, you knew I was going to screw things up. Like, I'm doing the best I can here. Um, but, uh, yeah, just encouraging encouraging moms, just trying to um, be be real with the struggle and and hopefully bring people to an encounter with Jesus that through the stories, through our own witness, would lead them to him. You have a couple talks still on form still, too. Like, are there other places that... Um that our listeners could like go to just to hear some of your uh, samples of your talks. If you go your work. to YouTube and look for Steubenville conferences, um, Noel Garcia, and then also formed, I have a new talk coming out on truth. Yeah. Um, I gave that talk at uh, the Diocese of Memphis, their Eucharistic Congress, which was amazing. They did a procession through town. And actually we're doing one, in um, Oklahoma City on Father's Day, so Eucharistic procession, um, which will be amazing. And then, yeah, I think that that's, I don't do a lot of self-promotion. I'm trying to cut down on travel so much. If I can drive there and be back, that's my ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially after this year, I've just felt the Lord saying, like, focus locally, you know, Mm -hmm. and air travel has been such a pain behind um, <laughs> canceling right flights rescheduling delaying missing connections losing bags i have not had one single trip that hasn't had some kind of a crisis <laughs> oh, i'm getting too old for this <laughs> i remember my first flight i thought why would people not like to fly? This is amazing. You can see all the clouds, and now I'm just like, nobody talked to me, putting on my headphones. <laughs> this might be a loaded question, but you're a musician. What's your favorite hymn? 
I love, O oh God beyond all praising, and for the beauty of the earth. Oh, that's um, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Jars of Clay does for, do we even know Jars of Clay? Oh, yeah. I guess. I, okay. <laughs> 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 I was listening to 90s contemporary Christian music. Whatever happened to contemporary Christian music? I miss contemporary. Now I everything is canned. Jars of Clay was amazing. They were awesome, yeah. I have their CD And it also, um, <laughs> a CD. <laughs> yeah, I find 90 and one of the reflections it says, if you're into this, uh, there's a great song by uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> called Jesus Freak. I'm like, yes, I love that I song. I now have a Mag 90 playlist. Me too. On YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Got it on my, my Apple Music. <laughs> oh, David got so annoyed. I was playing Reliant K and Fire Frenzy. <laughs> 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 All the old school. That what was the song that I just said? Oh, for the beauty of the earth, jars of clay. Use I can't remember what song it is, but they use an acoustic version of the like where they play that song for the beauty of the earth as an intro for another song, and it's so good. Um, I don't really like a lot of the praise and worship that's out. I think it's harder to find really good praise and worship songs now because they all are just as commercial and manufactured as Mm -hmm. any Mm -hmm. secular song nowadays whereas i felt like with um, contemporary christian music the styles were so different some of the i mean i know they mimicked a lot of (laughs) secular bands or whatever but it's just it was just different um, yeah, but especially bands like Jars of Clay and Burlap to Cashmere, actually, like, I did confirm that that is them. Mm-hmm. They had their own style. It was really unique and really different. Yeah. And it rocked. Yeah. I mean, it did. Yeah. I really like them. Do you say to a mom or, I don't know, a youth leader, someone, a counselor, whose 17-year-old has come to them and said, I... I feel like I should tell you that I have been doing things, harming myself. You know, what would you say? What is the first line of response to a parent or, or someone who's working with youth when it's discovered that self-harm has happened or thoughts of suicide are happening? What is it that you would say needs to happen first in the life of that child? What is our Catholic, what is our uniquely and authentic Catholic response to that? Hmm. That's a really good question because I don't think there's just one specific line, but I I think my very first thing would be tell them you love them. Tell them you love them, that you are a safe place for them to come to and talk to. Um, Pray with them. You know, in the name of Jesus, we ask for healing for whatever is causing this pain in in my child. And then, you know, do you want to talk to somebody? Um, Let's find you somebody that you feel comfortable talking to that can help monitor that on a regular basis. Because I think what I have seen is that kids that do have a good relationship with their parents, they don't want their parents to be scared or disappointed. But there are maybe some really heavy things that they need to process with. So go find a mental health uh, professional. Something that's a really bad temptation in the church is to just take them to a priest. Well, a priest is not necessarily trained to counsel in some of these issues. And then that leads to people like 
being very angry at the church. Like, mm-hmm. I went to the church with this very serious thing, and this priest was not helpful. Well, he he's wasn't trained in that. He's trained to help you spiritually, um, to hear your confession, to pray with you. But that's really where he is is most limited, unless he has some additional background. Um, and it seems like the you, church is catching up and that the training yes. to do this, but this is all in the work. To make good referrals and to have right. good connections yeah. and things like that. To right. know what you can and cannot um, do productively. But, but that doesn't mean, you know, maybe they do need to go to confession. Maybe, like, they hate themselves because they've done something wrong, right. you know? And you're like, would you like to, to go to confession? Would you like to talk to a priest? Um, but I think the, the most fundamental thing is tell them you love them. Um, even I was listening to a podcast um, by Abigail Favale, who is doing a lot in um, gender studies. And she said, you know, people ask her, what should I do if so-and-so comes in? They say, well, actually, I'm the opposite of, of my biology. Um, she said, ask them their story. Mm-hmm. What, what has led to this? Tell me why you feel this way. Um, these open-ended questions that are not uh, judgmental, like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You, I can't believe you did this. This is horrible. Instead, like, hey, I love you so much. Thank you for trusting me with this. Um, tell me more about this. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So that you can figure out how do we help them get the help that they need. And it's something so simple, but if we don't talk about it or we don't, um, we aren't practiced mm-hmm. in how to respond in a calm <laughs> way, even if we're dying yeah. inside, oh, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I would just tell to the parent themselves is you pray. You, you know, don't just focus on, is this kid not wanting to go to Mass? You go to Mass. You pray. You put in the holy hours. You fast for your child. Um, and you also um, trust that God has a plan for your child and you're not so powerful to screw it up. That's excellent advice. Well, this is a little less deep, but it's something that anybody who has listened to us from the beginning um, is dying to know. Have you gotten into any more cars with strangers? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Oh, no. Okay, no. Okay, well, no. (laughs) But. (laughs) Here we go. You heard it here first. Okay, but I I, I won't say where so that this person hopefully won't feel called out. But um, I was coming to an event. My flight was late. And... This person came to pick me up and drove so fast. I am not kidding. I, it, I thought it was like with Cruella DeVille, like that fast. And I was, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> and apparently she was pregnant too. And then she was so funny because she said, um, yeah, did you see that police car up ahead with their brights on? And I said, yeah, actually I did. She goes, yeah, that was God telling me to slow down for that section. <laughs> I was like, who is this person? I need her in my life. <laughs> she was seriously amazing and beautiful and wonderful, but I was like, okay, <laughs> please don't let us die. <laughs> so, yes, you I'm have sorry. been getting in the car with well, that was strangers. Was a stranger. I, I had never, an acquaintance. I sort of met this person, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone who's ever driven here for like the last six years is going to be like, what's up? 
was talking about. (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, about Noelle getting in cars with strangers, you can go back to some of our previous. (laughs) To all of them, to just pick those out because they're great. (laughs) They're randomly put in there. So I I wouldn't say I'm overly trusting, but I I would say I'm very discerning. And Mm. and if the Holy Spirit nudges me, then I will get in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And the Holy Spirit says, "Yeah, this person's a creeper." I will not get in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Have there been situations where creepers have attempted to get you in their cars? Okay, there was this one Uber. Uh, I was already in the Uber. I I already knew that this was the right Uber. But it was this young man who's, like, vaping the whole time that I'm driving. And um, I know. I should have reported it, but I didn't. But um, he was Muslim, and he asked my... He, I was like, I forget what happened. He was telling me some things about Islam. And I knew them because my husband had a conversion where he had joined, left the Catholic faith to join Islam for a short time and then came back. And so this gentleman was like, how do you know so much about Islam? And I said, oh, well, you know, my husband, um, he, he converted and he's Catholic now. And this kid turns around while we're on the highway and goes, <laughs> he's not Muslim anymore. I was like... Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Oh my gosh, that was my yeah, other crazy story was like I was like, you can let me out now <laughs> on the side of the highway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you survived high speed drives and Uber drivers turning around while driving on the highway. <laughs> Any other interesting stories lately? Um, can I tell you about my emergency plane landing? No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. Um, I tell this in my talks all the time. There's so many great spiritual lessons. But the short story is um, we're boarding this plane. This was when I was pregnant with my third child. And we were coming back with our band from a conference in Santa Barbara, we were flying into Chicago, and then from Chicago, we were going to go on to Grand Rapids. Well, we're in, uh, we're starting to descend. Um, well, let me back up. Let me back up. We were flying from Santa Barbara to Chicago, and then to Chicago on to Grand Rapids. And when I boarded the plane in Santa Barbara, this woman that I was sitting next to said, are you a Christian? And I said, yes. And she was like, it's just so good to sit next to a Christian. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> now I know, like, that's premonition. Something bad is about to happen. Um, also, we were coming back from the You Only Live Once conference. So all these bad things. <laughs> so we were, like, going um, in for the descent. And David and I weren't even sitting next to each other. He was way up ahead on the right-hand side of the plane. And I was on the left sitting between two people. And it's great when you're pregnant to sit between two people on the plane. And as we're descending... Um, all of a sudden we shoot back up into the sky and I was thinking like, did the pilot miss the runway? Like what is happening here? And it seemed like a long time, but then all the lights come on in the cabin and the flight attendants are going up and down the aisles and they're looking for, and I quote the manual. (laughs) And so they're opening overhead compartments and then they find this huge binder. They take it up to the front and the pilot finally gets on the intercom and he was like, okay, here's the deal. We are getting an indicator light that our um, landing gear is not functioning. 
And so we have tried to fly past the tower. They can't tell. It's too dark. So we're going to have to make an emergency landing. And so the lady next to me was like, do you want to pray? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, God, don't let us die. <laughs> That's okay. I can't pray with you. you know? <laughs> and so um, I just start praying. I'm doing my act of contrition. I'm crying because we had two little kids at the time. And you know, both David and I are on this plane and we didn't have a will or anything. And so I'm just, I'm all upset. And then, um, I had this profound peace, like, um, where all of a sudden I just felt very settled in my soul that whatever happened, it was going to be okay. Because it was almost like the Lord spoke to me out loud. You love your kids and you would give your life for them, but I already did. Don't worry, you know? And so, the we had to take off all our glasses and earrings and anything heavy and they said you know when we land you cannot take anything off this plane with you and when we finally did land and everything was fine every you know the landing gear was down um there were all these emergency vehicles outside and david told me the thing that stuck with him was when they said he couldn't take anything with him he goes they told me i couldn't take anything off of this plane but I knew I had to find a way to get my guitar. <laughs> and I was like, uh, pregnant wife? <laughs> and he goes, I knew somebody would help you. <laughs> so that was our thing. So damn. That was our thing. Yeah. But we bonded. I mean, David was praying with a guy that hadn't prayed since he was in third grade. I mean, such beautiful moments happen in this, in this emergency plane landing. But... Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> Best stories. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> it's always like crisis after crisis. Like, oh my gosh! But you've lived to though. tell the tale. I know. I need. I need some new stories, but maybe maybe on the funnier side, not on the like. Oh my gosh! Life or death. Those dogs are going to give you some good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've met those dogs. Yeah, they are. They're adorable. Mm -hmm. They are very cute. But they, they are crazy. They are. <laughs> so and they fit in with the family. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. With, and with the coffee and Catholic family. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, the adorable they and just settled in perfect with their personalities. It's yeah. so funny. I, I never realized that dogs have their individual, mm -hmm. unique personalities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, until I, I just thought, well, some breeds are hyper, more hyper than others, but um, are, one of them is you so You really reserved. aren't a dog person. No, I'm not at all. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, this is God. God opened our hearts for this, and, I, and it has been really good for our family in a lot of ways. But I'm still um, really adjusting to how do you care for a dog? What do you do when it's pouring rain and you have to take them out? And how do you wash them before you bring them in? And, you know, all these different things that, yeah. What do you do about the smell? I, I asked somebody, what rain. do you do about what dog smell? And they said, you just get used to it. Yeah. What? No. You light a candle. <laughs> Candles. Yep. Mm -hmm. So we, we really do love these dogs. I mean, they, they're really sweet, hyper, but sweet. Just like my boys. <laughs> yeah. It's been nice having you back on tonight. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Since things slowed down a little bit and I got to come, I was excited to come. So thanks. And you guys are doing a great job. I mean, thanks for all your dedication and ministry because I've heard so many, so much good feedback and 
Um, I'm always surprised when I run into somebody and they're like, yeah, I was listening to Coffee and Catholics the other day. And I was like, oh, you know about it. You know? <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It is really That's cool. Yeah. People say, are you from? Or and I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, I am. Like, I, it's, it's still sort of <laughs> surreal. Yeah. I had a parent from school come up. I heard you were on that Coffee and Catholics podcast. It's really good. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's random and, and humbling. Yeah. yeah. On that note, if you have been blessed by our podcast and want to share your stories of how it has blessed you, do share because that would really encourage us and minister to our hearts. Because we're just like you, and sometimes we think it's not making a difference and nothing matters. Like all every other fatalistic human being. So we'd love to hear from you if you've had an experience with our show, by the way, that has blessed you. And and sometimes when you guys comment on the um, apps that you listen to, I don't get to see all of those. But if you want to comment, like send us an email at coffeeandcatholics at gmail.com. Um, Please do. I see those. And I see our Instagram messages and our Facebook stuff. But, um, when things go through, you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stuff, I don't always have good access to those comments. So, well, thank you, Noel, for coming out tonight. We love you so much. Thank you, Noel. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.